0: I didn't want to be a part of that, you know, long term. So uh, I made the decision to get out then, while I was still young enough to go and do something else. Uh, Hard to kind of explain, even still, you know, why, and you know, people maybe never understand why. But it's just something that wasn't for me in the end. And although I loved the game, I loved playing the game. Obviously, went back playing in the end as well. But I just didn't like the environment and the people I was around.
1: Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome back to another edition of Ross Meets, the series where I catch up with former town players and talk about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. And here we are, guys, the 10th episode of the series. Double figures, I'm going to say a big thank you to all you guys who have listened to the previous episodes. It's been a pleasure to bring you these and I hope you've enjoyed them all so far and today is a great honour to be joined by former town goalkeeper Shane Sapporn. It was a pleasure to chat to him about his time at Porn Road and his career as a whole. And of course, as you all know, he's got a very unique story in terms of him retiring and quitting football back in 2009 at the age of just 22. And it was just great talking to Shane about that situation, um, hearing his story and just why he made a decision and it was just great chatting to him about that and his career as a whole and you know what he's been up to since he retired from football uh, I remember he, he returned and played non-league football in Ireland and he went on to actually play professionally again with Bohemian in the League of Ireland and it was just great chatting to him about him returning to football and then of course he had that second retirement where he suffered injury but during that time as well, he actually got called up to the senior Republic of Ireland team, and it was just great chatting to him about that call-up and just everything in between. And you know, we went back and talked about his memories during his time at Portland Road, because he did go on to play a good amount of games for Town at a very young age as a goalkeeper under Joe Raw and then Jim McGillton and then briefly under Roy Keane. But it was just a pleasure to chat to Shane and I hope you guys enjoy it. As you know, I normally ramble on with these intros, so let's get right into this interview. Hope you enjoy it and let's go thank you so much for chatting to me i've been wanting to talk to you for a while just to just catch up with you really and see how you're yeah. doing and stuff and talk about your time of course at the club and you know you've got that story of yours you know of course yeah. retiring yeah. and stuff like that but um so yeah what, what i'll do is i'll straight away get into it um normally what i do is sort of asked you sort of your beginning of your career you know where it all started of course you're a goalkeeper so it's always yeah. interested to know if you always wanted to be a goalkeeper so uh Sort of start you up bringing in, in Ireland, uh, where where did you yeah. sort of grow up and stuff like that and when did you find the love of the game?
0: Um, well I grew up in Dublin and I probably first memory was playing down in my local club Verona um, in the mini leagues down there one summer and got the book for it. Um, I, I always went in goal. goal um, for some reason, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, from the get go, it's unusual for goalkeepers most, you know, start outfield and then venture back, further back the field and then end up in goal. But I always, I just went down, I think, one day and no one would go in goal. So I said I'd jump in and I stayed there ever since. So um, that's kind of my first memories. End up joining the club then that, that season after under sevens, under eights, and, and played in goal with them up until under, I think it was tens, and then moved across to one of the, the bigger schoolboy clubs in, in, in Ireland, Home Farm. Um, who Owen Garvin was playing with and, and Michael Cillard also who ended up with Ipswich as well and we had a number of, of lads that went across to Celtic and, and Burnley also so we had a very strong team um, I, I, I got nothing to do for years and years I don't know how I was ever spotted really um, that was always the joke because the Ipswich scout he sent over another goalkeeper before me to to Ipswich I always flag him over that and <laughs> um, and um, so I was there until I, I left at 15 uh, and went to cross stage. But um, yeah, some some good memories and good times and uh, played with some great players as well. You know, but um, yeah, always was a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um you know, Home Farm is sort of known yeah for, you know, bringing players through. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Michael sinnet and Owen Garvin, you know, was it which the first club that you sort of... Came to is on you know is on trial or scout um,
0: No, it wasn't actually. First club I went to was Man United. Okay. Um, myself and Algarvin actually went over there. We were very very young now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other clubs I went to Aston Villa, Everton, um, Aston Villa, Everton. Where else did I go? I can't remember where else. But uh, Ipswich as well. Then came in the mix a little bit later. Um. But pretty much as soon as I went over there, I, I kind of, you know, loved the place and, and loved the people, and um, was hoping I, I'd get something there in the end. Everyone thought I'd go to Aston Villa because I had a contract on the table from Aston Villa, and I was a Villa fan as a kid, so everyone thought I was going there. Um, but no, it, it was the, the the best one for me, um, and the one I wanted to go to. So um, yeah, I chose them in the end. But I had a couple of a couple of different clubs, on, you know, that were offering me contracts. But, um, decided it was the best place to, to learn my trade.
1: Why um why was Aston Villa a club you supported? Uh, any any reason?
0: No, really, well, I think it was because there was, at the time when I was growing up there was four Irish players playing with them. Andy Townsend, Steve Stanton, Paul McGrath and Ray Houghton. So I think that's how I got involved in kind of supporting them. Steve Stanton was a player that I liked. He was... Uh, you know similar uh, similar name two two S's in his name so (laughs) I think that's how I got got support really and um, it was unusual Uh, most of the lads are sporting Liverpool Man United that. but yeah I got the chance to go over there a couple of times and was offered a deal but um, that was the best thing now to go to Ipswich I'm glad I didn't go there in the end because you know a lot of things changed in that club and the opportunities wouldn't have been as great as they were at Ipswich
1: How was it? Um, our fastest for the other Irish players. How was it coming over to England? You know, it's a, a big thing for you know a young lad as well coming over to a whole different country and away from home. How, how does how was that as beginning for yourself? Um, grand.
0: I didn't have no problems at all. I loved it. Um, I couldn't wait to get across, to be honest, and settled in straight away. And didn't miss home really. Um so it was great from, from that point of view you know um, all I wanted to do was get across to England and, and play football so to get the opportunity to do that and, and on a daily basis you know um, it was great so I loved it every minute and I was lucky where I ended up in terms of digs and um obviously the club I was at the area everything about it was perfect you know for a young player trying to um, make his way in the game so there wasn't any distractions like some of the, the lads I would have played within the Irish set up in that and went to clubs in London and that in Manchester and probably Got distracted by other things, um, so I was lucky.
1: Of course, you're part of the FA Youth Cup winning team. I recently spoke to your the skipper Liam Craig um, yeah, recently, yeah. and uh, you know what what an achievement you guys you know made. You know, once again, we weren't well known really, part of the youth team and stuff like that. You oh. know, you know it's the final at against Southampton. You know, the players in that team that have gone on to have you know success in, in their careers. But you know what a night that was.
0: Yeah, no, it was unbelievable the run we had and we started very you know, with a sticky start to the campaign. I think we went to extra time in the in the early rounds twice against I think it was maybe Portsmouth and then Stoke. Yeah. Um, and then from that, from onwards from there, we played Colchester, I think, and then Aston Villa, the Spurs in the semi-final in two legs, and we just gathered momentum, and um, yeah, we didn't have the best players on, on paper, I suppose, compared to some of the superstars we were playing against and Premier League opposition, so um, yeah, we, we possibly nicked it in the end uh, went to Hampton with the team they had on the field, you know, but yeah, it was a great, great time and great memories from that campaign, you know, and um, it was just disappointing, maybe, that some of us didn't go on to, you know, play a bigger part for for the club going forward. You know, um, like you'd hope that with a team that's successful in the U cup, you'd hope to get a few more through, But times are changing, I suppose, as well, and you know, money at the club was was tight as well. So, um, yeah, it's just
1: unfortunate, I suppose, the way the way some of the lads didn't progress really. Mm, you know, it's been now. 15 years since uh, that day um, yeah what's your, what, what is your memories from that night you know I spoke to um, another player <laughs> Billy Clark you know of course yeah. you're having to defend you know against some big opposition
0: I just remember being under pressure from yeah. the majority of the game to be honest from the game and got away with a couple of things and um, yeah we got a lucky on a, on a number of occasions certain incidents during the game so um my memory is, is more so the afterwards <laughs> the, the the party afterwards yeah. and I mean, the, the late night and all the family and that and, and the Irish part afterwards yeah. and it was great you know uh, we, we had some crack um, after that but didn't get to bed before a half hour in the morning and then got a call from Brian Clue the next morning to say I had to go to Leeds to sit on the bench for the first team so yeah um, He came down and picked me up, I think, about nine o'clock in the morning to drive me up to Leeds um, because Calvin Davis' uh, wife went into labour during the night. So
1: (laughs) I had to get up there. So I was just hoping I wouldn't have to go on and that Lewis Price
0: wouldn't get injured. So, um, yeah, good memories uh, of that time. All right.
1: Um, You mentioned Brian. Um, You know, he gets a lot of praise. You know, what's your thoughts on him? Oh, Brian's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, Brian's a good man. You know, fantastic coach as well. And you know, he had a lot to, to to do with the success the club had and getting the quality
0: players that they got. I suppose around my time and, and before that as well. Um, you know, really good guy, and he was a reason, one of the reasons why I went there. I know a number of other players did because they knew that the education they'd get from Brian. Um, you know, in second to none So, um, you know, he was great for the club in, in terms of you know what he did and the. the, the quality player he brought through to the first team ultimately in the end and you know made the club a small fortune with some of the some of the players that we sold on in the end so really good guy he's disappointed when he obviously left and went on to spurs and, um but he came back then as well so um he knows the club inside out and you know lives around the area and that so he's a he's a
1: great guy yeah then uh, you mentioned of course calvin and lewis um as, you know, you were a youth player, but you, of course, probably were training with those guys. How how was it for you as a young keeper, being able to train with these two? know, of course, uh, Lewis was another player who was you know a young lad as well at the time. But um, yeah. how was that experience? No, it was great.
0: Kelvin's a great lad, a um, great guy, you know, a hard worker and a you know, better person to, to learn from as well, you know, and just the way he conducted himself and training and on the pitch and off it as well. He was a great character and he had a good laugh with Kelvin, you know. But um, yeah, I was lucky like, with the likes of Kelvin and, and Richard Wright and Andy Marshall and, you know, one or two others that came true at the time. Um, that I got to train with and learn from as well was was fantastic you know Um, and and obviously one of the main reasons why I went there was because of Malcolm Webster, the goalkeeping coach at the time he'd obviously brought through Richard Wright as a young kid so I was hoping he could do the same with me unfortunately he left two years after I went over there so um, I had to to get on with things without him Um, but he, he was fantastic and you know a lot of goalkeepers have come through and You know, we're coached by Malcolm. we have great things to say about him. You know, we instil a real
1: work ethic in you. I never worked as hard in my life as I did with Malcolm. You know, so
0: but it was a great grounding.
1: Yeah, Uh, let's let's mention, of course, the manager uh, your first manager at the club, Joe Raw. Uh, How how big was he for your career? Yeah, Joe was great. Obviously, he gave me debut and that. But um,
0: just a good man, and knew how to speak to people and you know treat the people you know with respect. And um, obviously, been around the game for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, like you know, great memories of Joe and you know what he, he did for me, and just unfortunate that you know he didn't have the success probably he should have had at the club at the time. You know, missed out and the playoffs. I think two years in a row when he was there, and, and probably had a good enough squad to get promoted, um, and just unfortunate the way things worked out because you know money wasn't. It was it was tight enough at the time at the club but what he did with the players he had there was fantastic you know and just disappointing the way that he that he didn't get promoted in the end but um, you know he moved on and he, he came back and got me to bring me to Oldham for, for a few months as well on loan so that was nice to be reunited with yeah. him um, down there as well so no good guy I speak to him the odd time still um, so um, not really good man
1: um, of course, you said he mentioned he gave you your debut, and it was a, a debut that you know for many goalkeepers, you know, definitely a sub keeper at that point. You probably never thought you were going to get on, but you came on in the no. twenty, I think the twenty second minute or something for Lewis Price yeah, yeah. at Leicester. And what an experience that is, you know, at, at Leicester, having to come on. What was your memories from that that day?
0: Um, just the rain, really <laughs> lashing down, and uh, not ideal conditions for a goalkeeper. But um, now I just remember Willie Danicky coming over to me and saying, you know, go on and enjoy it, and Joe came up and just said, enjoy it, and, you know, that was it, didn't have too much time to think about it, which was great, and got on, kept a clean sheet, and had a couple of battles with Dion Dublin, um, a player who I would have supported as a kid when he was at Villa, and he was actually good enough to send me up his jersey um, the week after the game and signed it for me, and that, so I think he, he heard through the great that I was a Villa fan, and I made me debut and stuff, so. Um, A nice touch from him. But uh, yeah, no, it's fun memories uh, of that day. And, um, you know, it was great to to get on and make the debut and and keep a clean sheet. But the guys in front, you know, Jason DeVos and Richard Naylor and, you know, the other senior players were great and, you know, looked after me that day as well. So, um, no, good memories.
1: How was, um, you know, your first experience of starting a game? Of course, your next appearance was at Portland Road um, against Sheffield Wednesday, 2 1 win. How was that? Of course, a few other players were making their first sort of appearances. Of course, you know Owen was getting into the first team. You know Dean as well, Dean Bowditch and stuff like that. How was? How yeah, was that no, day? it was great. Obviously, to make your home debut and that as well. And at the time,
0: the the stadium was close to capacity as well. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was enjoyable and to play against some of the players. I think Ashley Young was playing that day, and Marlon King up front and. Yeah, um, I don't know. I had too much to do really in the game, which is not a bad thing, I suppose. But um, yeah, no, it was nice. To, it was nice to get a run out, and you know, obviously Lewis was injured at the time, and I had a feeling he'd come back in, and um, I'd go out of the team for a while. But I was lucky enough to get back in then, and the, around the Christmas, just after Christmas, and held the place. Then held my place in the team until the end of the year. So. Um, yeah, such a young age for a goalkeeper, especially at 18 to get a run like that. Um, you know, it was, it was nice and um, like the the club. At you know, we lost a lot of good players that year as well, and we were down the wrong end of the table. But it was always going to be a rebuilding and um, job at the club at that time. But um, yeah, we got opportunities on the back of that, so um, it was great for us.
1: And um, of course, then Joe course then left and then Jim Magill and your you know your former teammate comes in <laughs> yeah. uh what was yeah. that first reaction for yourself when you like found out Jim got the job or you know
0: I wasn't surprised that he'd yeah. get the job I do always going to management you know cuz he was that kind of character and he was a leader and obviously the transition from player to manager can be difficult um, at times, you know, he obviously played alongside a lot of us, and uh, we would have shared a lot of nights out and bad and um, had, you know, good times. But he, he, you know, he's crossed the other side of the, the line, so yeah, he has to be different in how he conducts himself around us, and obviously, likewise, he's not a gym anymore. He's the gaffer, so I think it was tricky um, at times, and I think for Jim as well. Um, you know his first job in management and that, knowing who to trust maybe, um, was tricky for him. Um, and you know certain players and bringing them in and would they be right culturally for the club? Would they be a good fit? Would they buy into what he was trying to do? So it was it was tricky at times for him. And I think if he was given a bit more time, he was looking like he was making good. Good ground, and we were starting to see, you know, a shape of a, a good team that could possibly challenge down the line. But um, it didn't happen. The end, obviously, Marcus had come in, and you know, things started to change drastically in the club, all aspects, you know, on and off the pitch. So, um, Jim was was moved on, and obviously, other people came in, and the club seemed to go only one way, unfortunately. And you know,
1: yeah, you know, of course, former players, you you must course look out for results and stuff and see how your former teams are getting on and you must go you know what is going on did you did you feel it could be a free fall you know when Jim left and stuff like that or yeah you could
0: see the way the club was going like when cool. I went out it was a very family orientated club a lot of people have been there years and that was the big pull for me and attraction and mm. that kind of community you know spirit and um, you know, obviously lads coming through the youth team and you know, fans love to see one of their own coming through and making a debut and you feel a bit more of an attachment to the club and you know, you're gonna do that a little bit more and work that a little bit harder I think for the club because you're you know, you are in, kind of ingrained in it as well. So, um the club is starting to lose that, you know, since certain people left off the field as well and you know, the back office and, you know, that were good people that had played a big role um, in the club as well and just the environment that was created there. Um, down through the years, and that was was slowly dying. Um, you could see that happening, and the, it only seemed to get worse. You know, obviously I left in two thousand and nine, and you know things weren't great. The atmosphere wasn't great in the training grounds and um, around the club, and I think mean, there was a lot of backstabbing going on, and, and here, you know people just didn't didn't know who to trust anymore. Unfortunately, and it just seemed to spiral really out yeah. of control from there.
1: Yeah, um, I just one to pretty. We'll go into that in a minute, um, but let's get. i quickly want to go back. Of course, um you know, Lewis left the club. Um, did you think possibly you could be, you know, the Jim? Jim was his second season. Did you think he, you, you know, you're get an opportunity to become the first choice? But then he signed Neil Alexander. What were your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure. I think initially when Jim got the job, he said to me, he was gonna, you know, he wanted me to be the number one, and I got in initially and played a number again in the first couple of games of the season you know we lost and um, you know obviously I'm a younger younger player and maybe easier to dispose of as such yeah. and push back in so that's fair enough um, but yeah I could, say, I could sense that I probably wasn't going to be the, the number one you know I was still very young and I'm in trade so he wanted to bring in a more experienced goalkeeper which is fair enough and you know i, I wanted to go out alone you know at a certain stage as well so you know we did he sorted that out for me i went to Falkirk and got some game time and um but yeah no it's you know i i loved the club and would have loved to be in the number one but i was probably still very young although i played a good chunk of games at that stage you know i was still I was still young um you know, and so Jim just had a different idea and what he wanted, maybe, and um, that's fair enough, you know. And um, so Neil came in and done very well for the club when he came in, you know. Um, at that time, um, so that's uh, that's how it played out, really. And obviously, Jim moved on in the end, and and then Roy came in.
1: Uh, how was uh, How was Richard Wright? You know, he you said you missed out on. Of course, playing, you know, or training with him when you first came to the club, but now he's come back, you know, for his second spell. Um, how How is he?
0: Yeah, right, Guy. guy. Um, we seem to, uh, most of us got on well, the goalkeepers, you know, mm-hmm. the old goalkeeping union. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to get on very well, and, and Richard was no different. You know, it was very similar again, like all the keepers were that, that would, would have trained and been brought up under Malcolm Webster. Similar style, similar work ethic, and we got on and helped each other out, and, you know, uh, we had a very strong relationship um, on and off the pitch, we saw from Richard. And, and um, still speak to him now, you know. <laughs> if I'm ever going over to to Man City or that, you'd he, always look after me. So, um, you know, he's a good guy, really decent fella as well. And um, probably unfortunate the way his career, you know, developed in the end or, or turned out when he when he left Ipswich, um, didn't really pan out. I suppose the way he would have hoped, and um, with international caps or you know, with time in Arsenal and, and then Everton as well, but um, still a really good keeper and had a decent career. Yeah.
1: Uh, then, of course, you mentioned Roy himself. Uh, what was your reaction when Roy got the job?
0: Yeah, he was intrigued. Um, I was, he was a massive um, player for Ireland, for Man United, and you know, one of the you know, heroes of any Irish player growing up. So um, I was looking forward to him coming in. I wasn't sure. I would heard a few stories, obviously, from his time at Sunderland and maybe what he was like. So um, I wasn't sure. There was a number of us out of contract. I think there was thirteen. of was out of contract when he came in the last couple of games of the season. I was out alone at at all at the time, so I didn't uh, see much of him that year. But um, he offered myself and I think two our lads uh, new extensions to our deals. So he obviously was talking to people in the club and felt it was worth giving a, a deal to. So um, and then the, the the following season got to see firsthand what he, what he was like and how he operated in that. So I um, only had a few months with him down in the end because obviously I left. But um, yeah, it was memorable.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to, before we get into, you know, of course you you quitting, of course you mentioned it a few times, but um, your, your last game was in a cup, of course, winning on penalties. You, you know, <laughs> saved the penalty, you know. Um, going into that game, did you already make, make, you were making your decision, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to play another game after this.
0: Yeah, no, my decision was made before I signed a new contract, okay. um, to be honest. Um, yeah, I made my mind up. I had a few things I needed to tie up um, before I could I could get out. So, um, you know, I, I signed back at the time and to get them sorted out, really. And um, I, knew, I knew that was my last game going in, yeah, 100%. Um, I don't know if it was the next day or the day after I went in and told them I was gone, but it wasn't a bad way to, to leave in the end. Um, you know, saving a penalty and... Helping the lads to get through to the next round. So,
1: yeah, was it was a was it was this bubbling then for a few years. You know, I've read, uh, you know, and listened to different things. You know, you've said and yeah, you know, you know what was what was the big reason behind it all then?
0: Yeah, no, it was just going on for a number of years. It was just the way the industry was, the game was. Um, it wasn't something that I was I was enjoying. I suppose I didn't like what I what I was seeing around the place. And, um, the atmosphere, the players, um, you know, I was brought up a little differently, you know. Um, so I said I really liked, you know, my time at the club, loved the club and just wanted to do well for the club. Um, whereas I think some other players and staff maybe were looking after themselves more so. Um, it can be the nature of the game, unfortunately, with obviously the, the money that's involved, it's, it's a business now, it's, you know, so I just wasn't liking what I was seeing, I didn't want to be a part of that, you know, long term, so um, I made the decision to get out then, while I was still young enough to go and do something else, um, so that's, that's really, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of explain, even still, you know, why, and, you know, people... Maybe never understand why, but it's just something that wasn't for me in the end. And although I loved the game, I loved playing the game. Obviously, went back playing in the end as well. But I just didn't like the environment and the people I was around. Um, and I wasn't switch just it was obviously Oldham and, and Falkirk as well. It was the same, similar, similar attitudes towards it. And um, yeah, I didn't really want to be a part of that. And um, to be honest, so I um, I came home. Obviously, my background would be heavily involved in. in GA and Gaelic football back here in Ireland, so it's a different mentality, a different ethos as well. It's an amateur sport, I and mean, you play for the one club, and um, so it's uh, that probably played its part as well in, in pulling me back here.
1: Yeah, you, did you think that players were just playing for the money? They weren't playing for you know the fun of the game, and you know I'm sure yeah, they were playing and for and the stuff. club. They weren't playing for the yeah, um, for the
0: love of the game. Definitely not, you know. I know that some players didn't enjoy playing they feared playing and you know you're never going to do well when you go out with that attitude Um, so it didn't really matter to some whether we won our last on a Saturday or still getting paid and you know fans won't like hearing that but I think a lot of fans understand and see that you know even more so as the game has moved on as well and it's you know there's so much money involved in it now that um, the players just you just don't really care it's very difficult to get that um you know, camaraderie and team spirit that's you know, everyone's fighting for the the same cause really, you know, and the fans come together and it's, it's you know, it's very seldom you see that these days, um in, in England in the clubs over there, you know, unfortunately, it's just the nature of maybe society even as well has has played its part in it. So, um, yeah. It's just it's just unfortunate the way it's gone and obviously for it which it's It's uh, it's been tough, you know, the way the club has gone over the last number of years. So they've been hit a lot harder than maybe
1: others in that front. You know, the problem, say, with, you know, town in terms of we've we've had a lot of lone players in the last decade. You know, do you think that's another problem with lone players eh, when they come in? They're not really, they don't really care about the club. They just want to care about their future and get game time and stuff. Yeah, that's it. They're just using it, like you know, and like in some ways, obviously
0: for young players, it's 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 good to get game time and that. But again, if they're going back to their other clubs, and you've developed them for their own club. Mm-hmm. You now, on the other hand, sometimes lads come and and they end up staying. Um, you know, you might sign them, but it's just the way that the business is done there. It's just it doesn't you know, it doesn't bode well for a, for a club when that when that happens. You know, it's very difficult to get, you know, if you have five or six long players in and around the club at any one time, which we had more often than not, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to create that team spirit and, and and get them fighting for the, you know, as you said, they're only there to to get game time for themselves and, and develop their own career, really, to go back to their parent club in the end. So it is quite difficult, um, you have to get a certain calibre of, character of person into the dressing room um, and there's not too many strong characters around you know unfortunately these days the way the game is going yeah.
1: Did you um, you know speak to some of your teammates you were close to about you know maybe making this decision you know before you sort of did you know as you said it was bubbling for a while did you speak to anybody No it?
0: no one knew really um, apart from family um, that was it and one or two people outside of the club kind of or you know not players anyway, our coaches, but other players, other people I would have been close to over in England, um, one or two, uh, and that was it really. Um, and then I spoke to one or two of the guys I would have been close to when I made the decision and, and gave them a call and to let them know and and that was it really. You know, I moved on quick enough, which I wanted to do, and um, that's that's football. You know, people move on quickly, and you know, life goes on. So. Um, yeah, that's the way it kind of panned out for me in
1: the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to speak too, too much about it, but um, what was the sort of conversation with Roy like? You know, how was that? You know, of course, Roy is a very dating character, but you must have gone, yeah, I'm making this decision. I don't care whoever is in front of me. You know, what was that like?
0: Yeah, I know. Like Roy, would have that um, persona.
1: Um,
0: A lot of the players were afraid of their life of of Roy, unfortunately, and that didn't help things on the pitch. You know, I was never afraid of him to be honest. Um, I just felt a bit of a bully, really. Um, So, and then in that in in that day, I went in. I think I I'd no fear going in there. I'd made my mind up, and I was going in to tell him, and he was great to be fair to him, the way he dealt with it and helped me out and understood where I was coming from and respected the decision and he uh, he helped me to get out of there quick enough and, um, you know, so he was great in that sense. Uh, I wouldn't have a bad word to say about him how he dealt with the situation so, um, you know, I moved on and that was it and, you know, I didn't speak to him again for 10 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we'll go on so of course, you you know, you got called up to the senior team for Ireland um, sort of sort of decade later, but uh, you, because you left, you know, you left the club, you know, you, you know, set retired from football, Um, did any of your teammates come out, you know, reach out to you and say, you know, good luck and stuff like that, you know, how did they sort of react to the news when it, you know, did happen?
0: Um, Yeah, there was one or two lads like that would, um, you know, football's a strange game, you don't have too many, you don't get close to too many people really, yeah. um, because lads tend to move around so much and it's just a... I think lads are just you know um, when you, where you're getting too close to, to, to players for whatever reason but um, the likes of Alan Lee I would have been close to and Johnny Walters and, and Richard Wright and, and that you know and even Gary McCauley at the time so um, I spoke to those guys and Owen Garvin who I would have um, been close enough with at the time over there so um, yeah they were the guys that I, I would want to know want to let them know my reasons why and um, but the, the, the that was it really, and um, you know, goalkeeping coach Jim, James Holman at the time as well. So it were a difficult conversation as well because um, some people that you know, uh, I was close to, and you know, had been very good to me in that as well. So they wouldn't have seen it coming, um, but they, they understood in the end and they've moved on, you know. So we still keep in touch with a lot of those guys, which is nice <laughs> as well.
1: Uh then, of course, you, you, you returned back to Ireland. Um, I, I Hopefully, I got my facts right about, you know, you wanted to become a chef. I don't know if that was right. Or you want to go back to school? <laughs> no, to start... that's definitely wrong. That comes yeah? up a lot.
0: That. Um, that was Derek Davis, I think, in the oh, God. East Downey and whatever times over there. He yeah. started spreading that. When that came from George O'Callaghan, I think, as well, because <laughs> they did all the cooking in the house for Georgie. Because okay. um, he, couldn't, he couldn't boil an egg. So... Um, <laughs> That's where that came from but there's no truth and that at all
1: plan was oh, okay. to come home and join the police yeah yeah So that's the other that's the other thing that came up was uh, the police um so yeah. is that something you wanted to do you know go back to school and stuff like that yeah,
0: well, I was wanted to join the guards back here so that's what they're called, and um, my dad was in Know a policeman for years here, and um, that was the other alternative. If I didn't get across to England, that's the route I would have taken. But when I came back in 2009, uh, the economy was, was crashing down around us and they'd froze recruitment. And um, so that didn't open up for four and a half, five years, so I had to do something else. So I went back to school for a bit and did a few jobs here and there, and um, yeah, until I. Um, I figured out what I was going to do really long term, you know, so it took, it took a bit of time really to figure that all out as well, so, but as I said, I was still young enough, so, um, yeah, that's kind of how it panned out when I, when I came back initially, it wasn't, uh, I'm glad it didn't work out like that now in the end, because I don't think it's a job I would enjoy now the way it's gone, so, yeah, um, I'm lucky enough, you know, it's a different job to what it was when, when my, my dad was in there, so, yeah, I'm lucky enough, I think, yeah
1: course, you were playing some Gaelic football again. And um, is there, you know, are you happy to say anything about, you know, any other jobs that you did during that period?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's obviously Gaelic football as part is, is amateur sport. You mm-hmm. know, you're 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 training in the evenings and you're you're playing at weekends as such. And you know, it's a big commitment for like guys are in college and, and holding down full time jobs. So. Um, but you're trying like a professional so I was I was working in the hospital for a bit I worked in there for three years I think my manager my GA team he was a surgeon in the hospital and he got me in there so I worked as a care attendant for a year or so on the wards there um, assisting and um, the nurses and that in there and then I went and worked in the physio department as a as a physio assistant and so rehabbing patients and that after a and Hip surgery, back surgery, and that. So, I did that for three years in the end, and and then moved on to work with a pal of mine who set up uh, an an agency, a sports agency, as such in terms of sponsorship and um, event management. And I did a bit of work with them. You know, we were represented a couple of players as well that would have, you know, been moving across England and in other sports as well. So. Um, I, d- I did that for a number of years and then went back to college and did um a diploma in HR management and life coaching as well and business coaching and then ended up back playing soccer with <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Bohemian, so that was in two thousand and sixteen and um yeah, that's kinda how it played out till then, I suppose.
1: Yeah. How did it come about playing, you know, non league football? You know, in Ireland, of course 'cause you're playing um for uh, Cromlin, I think it is United. Cromlin, yeah, yeah. Crumlin United. Yeah, yeah. that came
0: about because um, uh, myself and our former future player Darren Kelly, and um, two of us, we would have set up a goalkeeping academy back here in Ireland, mm-hmm. called Irish Pro Keepers, and we were using Crump United's facility for a number of years, and they're good enough to let us have it for you know rent free. And the manager had been on to me for a number of years trying to get me back playing, but I was with no interest in playing, and um, and then. One year he was really stuck, and he asked me could I step in for a game, and I felt obliged to do so, and ended up completing the the rest of the season. That was around I think October time. I stayed till, till May, and and played with them, and and, and played the GA the get football as well alongside it. So I had a dual career, um, but uh, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it with the lads there, and we we had a bit of success as well. We got to the. The FI the Intermediate Cup final at the Aviva Stadium as well, and we won that. Um, and then other clubs in the League of Ireland um, came knocking, so I wanted to give it another go, and I ended up at
1: Bohemians. What was the sort of like media coverage, you know, when that sort of happened? Because people must have gone, oh, Shane Shop- what's up? I remember him, and you know, you retired yeah. at a young age. Was What was that like? You know, did you have much?
0: I know it was a bit, yeah, of course, <laughs> because of the story, and I think that will always stick with me. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, but um, yeah, there was a little bit. But um, you know, I, I I signed for the right club in the end. Um, Bohemians was it's local enough to me as well. I went to school around the corner from from the ground and that. So um, yeah, it's, it's strange the way it all worked out. And the manager Keith Long there is a great, great guy. And you know, the club had one of the smallest budgets in the league, but um, definitely punched above our weight um, when we were there. And um, had really, really good years with the club and you know unfortunately had to retire in 2018 due, due to injury but um, you know the club was left in a, in a good place when I left and they uh, they managed to, to get into Europe the following season as well which was great for the, for a club of that size you know now it is one of the biggest clubs in, in the country but just the way way it had gone down through the years for them financially um, you know it, it, budgets had been tight in the club but they had some you know good players and a good youth policy as well so um, yeah, no, the time there was, was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. and You know, still, still involved in some shape or form in the club, in the background, um, which is nice.
1: How has it been sort of back playing 90 minutes of football? Um, how, you know, Gaelic football, I don't know much about it, but what's, yeah. what's the sort of difference in time? and uh, it's, it's
0: the, Every 70-minute game, I wouldn't be involved as a goalkeeper. You wouldn't be involved as much in okay. the game at times. Um, you wouldn't have a, as much to do. Um, it's it's more about the distribution, um in in Gaelic football for a goalkeeper and the restart of the game, you know, retaining possession and you wouldn't really have too many saves to make, especially the way that the game had gone, I suppose, and in, in the days. It's uh Become very defective as well, so um, it was more communication and distribution really. So I missed, I missed the you know the responsibility of, and just the different attributes involved in, in playing the golf for soccer. You know, um, and I loved the training, and they would have always you know got involved with the, the goalkeeping academy I had and would have joined in training regularly. So. And um, there must have been a reason why I was I was doing that. Someone must have known I was going to come back and play at some yeah. stage. So um, no, I loved I loved that when I got back in involved uh, and playing ninety minutes again, um, and just throwing myself around and just been a bit more involved in the game as well. So um, yeah, and no, it was great. I was lucky enough, you know, um, to play you know close to hundred games for, for Bohemians in the end um, before I had to retire.
1: Yeah. Of course, before you you retired, you got that. That call up to Ireland because your you know performances you know, Clare season at Bohemians and stuff like that. What was that like? Getting you know your you represented of course Ireland at under twenty ones level, um, yeah. but now getting called up, ten years later for the senior yeah. side of course under Martin O'Neill and of course your former manager and Roy Keane as assistant. What was that like?
0: Yeah, it was crazy like because yeah. I would not it at that stage I was at my career and the level I was playing at, so I wasn't expecting it. Um, I suppose there was a lot of injuries in the squad at that time and you know like keepers had pulled out um, it was in the summer internationals we played France away in USA at home so um, they, Roy and, and Martin and the goalkeeping coach had been to a few of the games they played in and obviously Roy would have known me anyway but um, yeah they, I got the call one day I didn't believe when I got it initially from the manager I thought he was Pulling my leg. Um but yeah, it was great for the club and, and the league because not too many players in the league here get called up to the international squad. So, um it was nice to be involved and obviously be reunited with Roy and, and Johnny Walters was in the squad as well and a couple of other players I would have played twenty ones with the like Shane Long and, and Seamus Coleman. So it was good to catch up with all those guys after so many years as well.
1: Can you can you remember your your first interaction with Roy again after, you know, come you know, going over to the. Um, the I didn't really
0: get a proper chance to talk to him, to be yeah. honest, when I went in initially, because I was still playing games. You know, I had to to drop in and out of the squad, really, because I had a game on a Friday night, so I had to leave and um, the squad on a Thursday and train, and then I wasn't back into the squad. I went back into the hotel that Friday night and was back involved. The Saturday, I think we travelled to France then, and I was only over in France, I think, in on the pitch before. Um, I think it might have been before the warm up or something that I, I I actually chat with Roy properly, you know, and that was the first interaction really, and he was asking me what I was doing and um, that kind of stuff, you know, and yeah, it was uh, it was a bit surreal. <laughs> yeah. Of
1: course, yeah. you probably know what I'm going to bring up now about you know the current you know the bust up and all that jazz, you know. Yeah. You don't you don't really need to say too much, but what you know what was sort of going in your mind going what's going on here? You know, you know, John, of course you know, fantasy man, John and anything. was deja vu, deja yeah.
0: vu for me. Same old, same old. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was funny because Johnny, after that happened, John came over and sat down beside me and I'm going, don't be sitting down beside me. You, think, you think we're in cahoots um, again? And he said, it's typical. He said, oh, nothing like this has happened since I left you know and all the times he'd been in the squad Roy obviously and so it's just gas that the first time this happens and, and I happen to be in the squad as well so <laughs> yeah it was a bit strange but you know that's that's the way the way Roy is I suppose and you know there's been a number of those I suppose bust up down through the years unfortunately but it's uh, it's not the way it should be but it played out the way it did in the end and you know John's well able to handle himself so
1: even to yeah. I uh, actually um I spoke to um Shane O'Connor, another Irish player, and um he mentioned a sort of situation when he was sitting with um Ben Thatcher, um yeah. and you know he like Shane was sort of afraid in terms of like because Roy would like, go, you're not you're not you know sitting with him, are you? And like of course they were just yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the canteen. It was just Ben, you know, and Shane and Roy, and like it wasn't just. he was about to make. Ben um a cup of tea and then of course Roy came in and then he was like oh god what do I do with this and of course then he just sat somewhere separately and then Ben was going what are you doing over there yeah so no No,
0: that's the way he was unfortunately you know and players would make you know be wary of that as well and they just weren't able to be themselves I suppose around them some of them so he just that's the way he kind of operated and uh, the environment he created at the club you know unfortunately but yeah there's plenty of those stories some of them are not for telling now but um, yeah. yeah there's uh, a lot of lads have a lot of different stories through the years I think from playing on the right.
1: Yeah. Then uh, going on to your second retirement and this time because of injury d- yeah. did you just know it was time you know yeah, persistent hip injury I, I think yeah. I'm reading right d- was it just time for you to definitely hang up your boots?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know I knew. Um, I think it was August of 2018 and um, we had we had actually qualified for this hybrid tournament with clubs from the lower leagues in Scotland, England, Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, the Iron Brew Cup and the lad to travel over to Scotland to play. I can't remember who they were playing now, to be honest. Um, and I, We had played a lot of games because of the way the fixture list was. We were playing Friday, Monday, Friday, so um, my body wasn't great and I got scans that week leading up to the, to the, the guys travelling away, and I wasn't travelling anyway. I was, I was arrested for that weekend. So um, the results came in, and I spoke to the physio, and he said, you know, it's, it's not great, and the hip is not in a great shape, and you you got to think long-term about these things as well. So I had been in a lot of pain um, playing games and that, and I, I wasn't training fully either. Um, and as the season went on, that was August time so we were probably just over halfway through the season and um, I was just basically training one day a week really and doing other bits and pieces in the gym to keep fit and just playing the games then and mm-hmm. um, so yeah I, I knew I knew it was time to go and step away from it and that was fine I suppose um, I'd accepted that and I had a good stint I can't complain too much you know and um, so it was just better long-term for me to, to step away now than, you know, the issues that it would have caused down the line for me. Um, but having to get surgery and stuff like that, you know. So um, that will have to happen at some stage, but um, and the longer I can leave it, the
1: better, really. Yeah. So what's, what's next for yourself? Of course, you, you mentioned, you know, your goalkeeping academy, you know, is that stuff stuff and you're still, you know, running and wanting to still do?
0: um I'm not actively involved anymore, unfortunately. Mm. Because of the injury, I, I can't really do as much... Yeah. Um, Obviously, you go keep a goalkeeping coach, you know, you, you know, a lot of the time you have to strike the ball and I just physically can't do that anymore. So, um, I do the odd bits and pieces when I can, if I have a number of, you know, bodies at a session, I could maybe step in and, and facilitate a session, but that's something I'm kind of stepping away from a bit more now. Um, but yeah, full-time working as a recruitment consultant now in Dublin, um, so that's, that's taken up a good bit of my time and I'm involved in the FEI now. Uh, an underage and player development committee. So, and um, there's a lot of obviously issues over the last year and internally in the FBI with um, our former CEO. So, um, yeah, hopefully be involved in some shape or form in the new the new version of the uh, our association going forward and doing a bit of media work as well with one of the stations back here for the League of Ireland. And um, so, I would be one of the pundits on the you know on the league and um, the League of Ireland on a on a Friday night. So. That keeps me involved, disposing the game. So that's that's kind of how it's panned out for me at the moment. So I'm um, no, happy enough the way it's gone, and things are things are good. And um, life is good, so I can't yeah. complain.
1: That's uh, so, um, you know, I'm gonna do a phrase. Uh, no regrets, then.
0: No, no, no. That's something that uh, always comes up, obviously. Um, yeah. But genuinely, there's none. To be fair. Um, Said the decision I made back in two thousand nine to step away was the best decision I ever made. So, um, I have no, absolutely no regrets whatsoever. You know,
1: um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. Would you say you know your family helped helped you a lot in terms of supporting you for that decision and stuff? Like that you said you were they were the only ones who really knew that you're making a yeah, decision. They were they were very good. I think
0: initially my dad wasn't too keen on me doing it. Obviously, giving up what I was giving up and that you know financially and everything as well. So, um, but I think he sees now. Um, he's got to see nearly every game I've played now. Whereas when I was in England, he didn't get to see too many of the games. So um, he's got to be part of it, which is great. And obviously as well, the lads I would have I would have grown up with as well, and I would have played the Gaelic football with. They they played a massive part as well, and so was integrating me back into life back in Ireland and that so um, yeah I was really lucky with the people that were around me you know at the time and, and it was easy able to slot back into to life here and it's been it's been great.
1: Yeah. Have you um have you been back to to which, which since you've you've left?
0: I went back once for the playoffs okay. against Norwich, okay. the home game. Yep. Unfortunately that didn't pan out well so yeah. um yeah, no, I'd like to go back at some stage in the future I will. I know if this comes to an end, this pandemic yeah. I think I'll I'd love to get back over and there's a few people over there I haven't seen in a long, long time that I'd like to see so um, yeah and I'll hopefully take it in the game when I'm over there you know I still, still keep in touch with a, a couple of people who would have uh, probably have moved on from, from Ipswich now but they would have been um, happily involved when I was there and that and they're good people so um, yeah hopefully see them in the near future
1: From true crime to football Brexit to hopeful For more great podcasts from Archin, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archen